Welcome to The Terrible Outdoorsman, episode six. We got a new venue. We got some special guests today. So you got Ryan Collin, your host. Bob Collin. Yo, 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 what up for show? God. <laughs> Mark Kane here, host of this nice episode. <laughs> you got Jimmy Dolmich, their favorite cousin. Dulmage, if you will. Jimmy Dulmage. Dulmage. We put a little extra swag on it. Yeah, don't, so don't church it up, dirt. <laughs> <laughs> don't church it up, dirt. Uh, so yeah, we got a new venue. Um, Jason is uh, fighting some turkeys down in Missouri. Yeah, um, unsuccessfully, from what I've heard so far. But hopefully tonight uh, he has better odds. But Looks so like he will not be on. He doesn't have decent service to call in, and they're probably drunk by now. Let's be honest. So. <clears throat> He won't be on. So we have some special guests uh, to take his place, some newcomers. Yeah, man. So long-time sportsman. Long-time sportsman. So we're going to get there a quick intro so everybody can, can meet them and understand who the hell they are. So, Mark, who are you? Uh, well, I've known you guys for well, since probably 1987 or so. Yeah, I was, You were I was little a guys kid. when I met you. And your dad was a hunt partner of mine and got to go over his house, do some hunt behind his house, did some fishing, pulled Bobby out in the woods a lot of times when sometimes he was sick, let's go squirrel <laughs> hunting. He always was manning up, ready to go. But uh, I've been a lifelong sportsman, and my dad took me out fishing when I was four or five years old. That was our thing to go out to park. Sterling State Park, fish for shore for perch. My dad was a meat fisherman, so we go out to Lake Erie too and fish spreader rigs for perch and load the boat up 50 each. And that was fun, and that's how I got introduced to it all. And then my dad took more time working than he did fishing, and I made friends with a, a guy in high school, Troy Wisely, and he lived on the Heron River. And we fished the Huron River in Flat Rock for like every day in the summer. And any time we could down there, when they first started putting the salmon running, it was a lot of fishing. But got got my roots on river fishing in Huron, and then fishing down to Lake Erie, you know. But uh, I do all kind of fishing. I love the musky fish. I love the pike fish. I love the bass fish. I'm not a big meat fisherman. I don't go out hunting crappies and and bluegills, and I know they're good to eat. But I keep walleye. If they get it, not many things make it in the live world. Walleye, salmon, trout. Yeah, I keep them. Yeah, I've seen some salmon that you've caught. Yeah, you salmon fishing. Nice salmon. Too. It's hard not to come back from Nuego. We fished the White River and Muskegon River out there, and wading at night fishing for salmon, and it can be incredibly fun. You have salmon bumping India. The runs come in thick. And water's low. You can see their backs rising out of the water, and it's all about just standing in the right spot and get the perfect drift and hooking fish, and you hook a lot of fish. You land about one out of six or seven, and... Before braid, you got snapped off a lot. It makes it much easier, but the hooks pull out more, though. Yeah. yeah. Anything else. But, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm just that kind of guy. I was like, if it's warm out, I'm ready to go fishing and, yeah. and hunting. I love to hunt. So when, when did you meet my dad? When did you start coming around? I worked as a maintenance man for an apartment complex called Island Lake in Ann Arbor. And your dad was there doing uh, handyman work and mostly drywall stuff. We're doing drywall repairs and plumbing and other shit. And I met him, and we both hit it off because your dad's a hoot. Number one, he's easy to freaking get along with, and he's had all the stories that like my grandfather, and my uncles would be telling me around a campfire. I'm like, I like this guy. And invited me over to hunt, and we started hunting at his house. That's the first my introduction to deer hunting was with you guys because my dad never deer hunted. Really? Nope. 
he, he was a small game guy. His dad owned beagles. They lived on rabbits. They grew up. He had six brothers and sisters, and that was the staple in their diet. Rabbit, squirrel, pheasant. He, he grew up in southwestern Pennsylvania. So when he moved up here in the early 60s, automotive industry, Teamsters Union, got a job. We lived in Flat Rock, and that was all of Monroe County. My grandfather lived in Monroe, so we did do a lot of pheasant hunting in Monroe, back when there was a lot of pheasants. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like the dog. I mean, I would come along, <laughs> couldn't hunt, but go in there and jump on that brush pile or, yeah. you know, get in there yeah. and reel them out of there and carry a stick along and pretend you had a gun for years until you got that first year you got to hunt, you know. But I loved hunting and small game, but I never hunted deer. My family didn't hunt deer, so I met you guys, and I got into it, and I yeah. never looked back. Yeah, we killed a lot of deer too. Yeah, we have. Yeah, <laughs> we got some. We got some pretty good old school stories. Yeah. We could run through. Yeah. We can, I, if we I'm time. sure they'll come up and yeah, at some point. So they weren't ter- <laughs> they weren't terrible outdoors with stories though. Though they were actually like success stories where we actually went out and did what we were supposed to do and killed some deer. And so we've gone. You've gone backwards. Yeah, and I'm, I'm <laughs> regressing. I guess I'm going backwards. But well, yeah. we had some good hunts down in this end of the state. We go up north and hunt too. But sometimes back then. It wasn't uncommon for us to see deer every time we went out or get a lot of shots. Yeah. And does were everywhere and big bucks too, surprisingly. That your I think it was your aunt or no grandmother. Grandma's house, yeah. Behind her house, I seen the biggest buck I've ever seen down here. It was in a little corn stalk stand about a hundred yards off the back of their property where it had been corn had been cut and there was a rise. And he was bedded down on top of that. And we walked back to that clearing. He jumped out of there. And that was the biggest damn deer I've ever yeah. seen down here. And yeah, I've seen some monsters Monster back there. thick yeah. rack. Just yeah. a big stud. And I was like, holy cow. I never saw a damn thing hunting back there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I saw some does, but I never saw any. All this, I've heard the stories yeah. of... Well, right Dad's told the stories time. of monster bucks in that field back there. I've never oh, seen. Oh, there'd be there'd be ten of them in the field. It'd be about yeah. an eighty acre field back there, yeah. back behind. My I think my grandma had like what five five or ten acres I'm not back even there. Sure. Or we like just that, went but, back there and sat on the. There was a barn that used to sit back there. Yeah, and there was a row of trees. We just sit in the edge of that, and wait for it to walk by. I never yeah. shot anything over there, but that's the biggest deer I ever saw down here. I, re- I do remember, I do have a story of uh, a deer that we shot back there on opening day. You shot a doe that morning, mm-hmm. and then I shot a buck later, that a small buck later that afternoon. We doubled, <laughs> we one. doubled. It was an opening day. It was like a, I don't know, like a, one of those opening days I couldn't make it up. My grades were crap or something <laughs> like that. Dad wouldn't let me come up to deer camp. And uh, and so, but, you know, he did let me take the day off school. Yeah. Though. And that yeah. was that was like sacrilegious if you didn't no. let me if you didn't let me off school i was gonna probably quit school forever <laughs> i remember that after you shot that deer i think that was the first deer you gut shot and the look in your face when it was laying on the ground and you're like expecting me to help you at that point like well what do you think i'm like no you I, did, I didn't gut shoot it i actually i shot it and then it, it only ran maybe 20 yards in the middle of the field but it was one of the first deer i ever gutted by myself and yeah. i was like are you gonna do it for me? <laughs> <laughs> a whole league for you. And he was like, he's like, uh, get in there, get it, yeah. get it done. And I was like, oh man, here we go. Yeah, yeah, swim. That's all you're gonna learn. That was pretty much it. But yeah, but I, I remember from a, a really young age, uh, you know, Mark coming out to the house and hunting and stuff like that. And uh, he was just always rearing to go. Always wanted to go out and eat, whether it was squirrel hunting. I had never squirrel hunted. Our, our dad wasn't really big into small game hunting, but <laughs> my dad. Yeah, and, and Mark so was Mark was big into uh, rabbit hunting and you know and squirrel hunting and things like that. He had a beagle, and we used to 
you know, any chance that he could, you know, any weekend he'd come out there and, hey, you want to go, want to go walk around? Sure. But, you know, we'd head out and we'd usually bust a couple rabbits. Mm-hmm. But uh, so uh, that you were the one that taught me how to rabbit hunt, how to how to pheasant hunt, how to do stuff like that. So, um I was yeah. so always surprised you had that Brittany and you didn't hunt with it at all. I was amazed when I went your dad and I was like, that's yeah. not a hunting dog? No. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, Sam, yeah. he could follow me anywhere I went out there. I'd yeah. sit down in like 30 minutes or less. I'd hear coming up behind me because Sam every time. Get back to the house, Sam. He'd listen to me. He'd go back. He was that good of a dog. But we always had hunting dogs that we just didn't use for hunting. We had a Weimaraner. I think we had uh, yeah, yeah, we had a German short hair. We had uh, we had every hunting English dog known to man, but we never used them for hunting. Our English pointer, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank, thank you for being on. Thank you for hosting this place we're well, in uh, we're in mark's uh, man cave if you will we're surrounded by fishing poles and guitars and um it's pretty awesome so <laughs> this is what i imagined if uh if i was yeah. not married yeah <laughs> if your if your wife ever wisened up this is what would, this is what it would be like yeah if my, this if is my your dream, wife so. if my wife was a little oh man she's gonna punch me in the head when she listens to this if she, yeah, was, she can do it anyway so if you don't give her a reason to punch you in the head then yeah yeah, she'll make it up. So I was going to say, if my wife was smart, <laughs> she would leave my ass. <laughs> wow, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I've got two, through with two of those guys. Yeah, so, understand. It's nice being here by myself, and I love it, and I enjoy it, and I love my peace. And my niece, neighbor, six hundred feet away, which is cool. You can go outside, shoot guns, don't have anybody bothering you. But, uh, yep. Yeah, it's good stuff. Thing. All right, Jimmy, who the hell are you? Yeah. So. Long time listener, first time caller. Glad to be here. Uh, my name is Jimmy Dalmage, uh, younger cousin, much younger than these two. Um, been watching you guys catch fish and shoot deer basically my whole life. So just trying to uh, follow in your guys' footsteps with that unsuccessfully. But I am truly a terrible outdoorsman, and that's I think that's really why I'm here. Uh, pretty much, yeah. You're you're the definition of our. our- our title i could be your mascot well you are yeah you just don't know it but you are a mascot i, I accept so <laughs> we're gonna put a space on a koozie or something <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah you've been fishing with with us what 10 years now maybe yeah maybe somewhere around there yeah yeah i think we re rekindled our family ship i guess at what it was a funeral one of the funerals it's usually when we get a yeah, family get together but, yeah yeah, somebody I remember when I, I before you started coming up north with us, like I hadn't seen you like ten years before. I think you were a little kid. Oh so. yeah, yep. Now you're a big kid. Yeah, we got to teach you like you're a little kid. So that's all right. That's good. You're learning. I'm you're learning. There. Learned a lot. So yeah, I like it. The thing about Jimmy is that he's definitely dedicated when it comes to fishing. He'll he will hound me or Ryan day or night. When you guys going fishing? When you yeah. going fishing? Okay, can, can we go fishing? Can we go fishing? And, it, and it's one more, uh, one more reason to go out there and do some fishing. You know, like yeah. if I'm not thinking about it, you know, life gets in my way, and then uh, all of a sudden I get a text from Jimmy saying, "Hey, let's go fishing." I'm like, yeah, "That's that's a really good idea." Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we definitely need to fish more, and he's uh, you know absorbing some of the things that we uh, do well, and yeah. hopefully not. You know, uh, replicating the things that we do poorly. Yeah, so I do that all on my own. <laughs> we, we were not, we were not good fishermen at one point. Well, I don't even know if I'm a good fisherman now, but we were in your same shoes at some point. 
Not that you're not good, but you're getting there. Getting there slowly. You need some better some some gear, which we uh, we got you today. Yeah. So, so welcome, boys. I appreciate it. Um, So before we go any further, we're going to take our celebratory snort. Snort. Oh my god! So this is the first podcast that we've done where we've had anybody in person besides Bob and myself. Um, uh, And obviously, Jason not calling in, so we have two guys with us in studio. So pretty cool. Uh, It's going to be fun to have some some interaction between. Between the four of us uh, in person, so that now I don't have to look at Bob's ugly mug. So as he gets the, the snort ready, so we're doing it fancy today with the shot glasses. Well, you All know, right, so uh, got, is it time? Is it time? Yes, is, is I, it, I think you it, need to eat crow. Is it time for me to eat crow? All right, so oh man, I think it was last. It was last podcast. <coughs> As I cough, <laughs> it was the last podcast that uh, I indicated at the beginning of the podcast that I had a chest cold, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, I got a little chest cold," and I don't know why I said this. I don't know. Like, <laughs> sometimes I, I say stupid things, and I, I don't know if I one hundred percent jinx myself. I'm pretty sure you did. But yeah, I said I got a little bit of a chest cold. Uh, you know, I might cough or whatever, and uh, <laughs> and uh, that next morning after we did the podcast, I woke up. And my whole body just ached, and I was running a pretty good fever, and I was like, oh, man, this isn't good. I took an at-home test and tested positive for COVID. And I definitely 100% said in the podcast, don't worry, it's not the C word. <laughs> you were pretty <laughs> like, like it, you know, I was adamant about it. And I, yeah. it was pointed out to me by several people, like, oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, definitely, I, I definitely understand that now. But yeah. I tested positive with an at-home test, went into the urgent care, tested again, and tested positive through a PCR test. And I was like, oh, man, quarantined for five days, and then another five days of masking and all that. You know, yeah. whatever. I don't know the Army makes me do all that. Yeah. all that yeah proper quarantine well, stuff I mean, but how can you tell me if you if you do have covid anymore because with the michigan weather and allergies and my sinuses like yeah. i feel like i have covid every fucking day between a headache or a chest it, cough yeah or, you know i have bad allergies anyway and yeah. like so my allergies were kicking my ass you know a few days before that anyway and then all of a sudden you know the rest of my body just deteriorated really fast so i that is me eating crow right now saying i was wrong <laughs> i was wrong I, I definitely did have the c word so we don't we don't talk about covid on this podcast so we call it the c word so well i'm glad you're better so yeah yeah so I, I i'm definitely i'm feeling uh, quite a bit better i still have a little bit of a cough so if you hear me coughing it's probably because i did have covid all right, you know, that's it. That, that's the last time I'm going to say this. He's two weeks removed from COVID, so yeah. we uh, we luckily had an extra podcast to post. We uh, separated for a couple weeks to get him better, and now we're, yeah. we're back together. So, all right, we have it's good. So, yet, so, so to that note, you survive, COVID. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. You don't get another for one. some reason. I couldn't wait. I drank it already. <laughs> you guys yelled snort. I snorted. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. so, yeah. God, they don't know the rules. <laughs> they just don't know the rules. I know the rules. I'm better. Jimmy, you got to catch a fish. Tuesday. That's true. I'm pretty so, sure I snagged a wall hanger today, though. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that stump was huge. I may not have seen it, but 
And he may have felt like he was just tired, but I'm I'm a firm believer. If you're into hanging stumps on the wall, I mean, whatever you're into. It was at least a 36-inch bass, I'm telling you. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) 13-pounder. Anyway, speaking of fish, so uh, let's recap before we go any further. So last week, Bob didn't get out. (laughs) No. No. No, well, because you obviously had COVID. Uh, Jimmy and I got out earlier in the week, uh, went out to a local lake by my house and caught one little bass. It was stupid windy. Um, just wasn't any fun at all. Um, 20, 25 mile per hour gusts, and we could find a little bay to get up into and ended up catching a little one on my son's pool of, of all things. So, I mean, it was fun to get out, though, but it was it was brutal. So... Um, then we went out today, the three of us, and did pretty well. We only put yeah. what three or four in the in the actual net, but lost five or six. Had a ton of hits, like pretty I mean, shit. What were we out there three and a half hours? Yeah, four hours maybe. Yeah. What's that? I said it wasn't a bad run at all. No, I mean really for well. really the first full outing. Um, yeah, I mean both. Well, really, all the pike we caught were pretty good size. Yeah, they were all over 24 inches. I would yeah, say. they were all keepers if we wanted to keep yeah. them. Today is the opener, so. Um, oh, what's today? Yeah. Well, yeah, today is last Saturday in April. Last Saturday in April, yeah. This is uh, the inland inland pike, and really everything's open except for bass. Sinclair, obviously a little bit different, but yeah, and then we caught some nice bass. You caught that one really nice, what, probably three, four pounder. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good outing. Uh, a little chilly. Um, we had. We had some some weird weird things happen with the boat. You want to talk about? Oh man, true terrible, ter- and terrible, true terrible yeah, true terrible outdoorsman <laughs> form. Yeah, so we got we got out there and um, I think it was right before we launched. You know, I'm getting everything set up inside the boat, and uh, I went to check my trolling motor. And I think it was Ryan. I think he he pushed the he tested uh, my trolling motor to see how many lights we had. We had none. And I'm like, huh, that's weird, you know. So I, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I, I went down uh, in my battery compartment to kind of tighten the connections and stuff like that. And then uh, went back, checked it again, didn't work. My battery was no com- power. It was completely dead. No. So the you a bad the, charger in your boat? Well, the problem well, was is we didn't have a penny. So <laughs> we didn't have a penny. Yeah, yeah no shit. But. Uh, so just kind of troubleshooting, you figured out that the battery was dead. We were like, you know what? All right, whatever. Let's launch, and we'll just fish without the trolling motor. Right. Well, the wind was whipping pretty good, and, you know, we get out on the water, launch, and I'm sitting there thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to – we're in, like, we're at Woodland Lake, so we're at, we're at uh, in downtown Brighton. I was like, you know what? You drop me off at the dock. I'm gonna take this battery up. I'm gonna get a new one. Ran into Advanced Auto. They they stayed out on the boat. I don't know what you guys did. You guys putzed around and tried to fish a little bit here and there. But I caught 13 fish while you were gone. <laughs> right. uh, since Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I ran into Advanced Auto. They didn't have the battery ID, and I went down. He told me to go to another place. I went to this other place, and uh, they had a battery. So I bought the new battery. Came back out, hooked it up, and then we were good to go. But it was just one of those things. It was one of those day, you know, those one that one thing I didn't check, you know. Better to find and, out today I would have length and tomorrow it's clear. Right, right. And uh when we got done fishing, we got back to the house, I started you know, kind of troubleshooting what was going on with that. You know, so I plugged I plugged the boat back into my charger just to see if it was if the bank was charging and it wasn't charging. 
and I was like, you know, what the hell is going on? So I, uh, you know, we tried, we tried a couple different things. I tried jumping in. I tried, you know, I thought maybe one of the fuses was bad, the inline fuse. And what it is is the the charger's just taking a crap on me. So I have a I have like a little external charger type thing that I that I hooked up to that one. It still is charging the one bank on my main, um, you know, for my main starting battery. So I I left that charging, and then I used an external charger to charge my the new battery that I put in. So. Now I have to go out and buy a whole new onboard charger and install that, and that's going to be a pain in the ass. I want to do that before we do our big yeah. our pike trip because you know I've replaced I, mine twice in my bass boat. Three, like thirty three years off the first one, second one about the same. Yeah, and we we were trying to troubleshoot it, and I was like, you know what, Th- these things go bad. I remember I went through another one on my bass boat. They only last a few years, and then you got. You know, you gotta try to, yeah. you know, get a new one or something like that. So well, that's exactly what mine did. I started charging one battery, not the other. Right. And I got out there and had the same thing. Trolling motor would work. Yeah. One well, mine. Yeah, you're just twenty volt, four volt, right? No, 12? mine's only twelve. 12. Yeah. It's just so I have a two bank charger, just one for the starting, okay. one for the, uh, one for the uh, which we call it. So or what for the trolling motor? So yeah, that was my terrible outdoorsman uh, <laughs> adventure today. It's always something, and it's a good thing. That's why we get out early, yep. is to try to uh, you know try to work out some of those bugs. And I was, going back to like the fish that we caught today, like I hooked up with, I don't know, probably an additional three or four fish that I didn't land today. And it was because, and on every one of them, my hook set was terrible. It was it was just weak. It was just I, I I wasn't on it. I felt it, you know. I felt the hit or I felt weight, and I I just didn't set the hook the way I should have. And all of a sudden, it's just like I'm, it's on for a second, and then pops. I see though. I saw it, every one of those fish, but they popped off, you know, kind of close to the boat. And I was like, "What the hell's going on?" Like I have a trailer hook, and I was, you know, catching them on spinnerbait. And I was like, "I have a trailer hook. Why aren't they connecting with it?" Well, I'm just weak hooks that because I'm. You know, I've got nothing but dust and rust on me from <laughs> not fishing all year. So, a pike can grab a hold of it, and let it go so fast too. If you're right. not right on it, they can just yeah. grab it, let it go. You know yeah, because that was your first outing of the year, right? You yeah, yeah. Out. that's yeah, my so, first time. Yeah, you got to work out the bugs. It happens. So, so Mark, you got out last weekend. Yeah, we made a nice trip up north. Went to the Glenny area, which is just west of Oscoto by about 45 minutes. I have a friend that owns property up there. He started back in the 80s, about 10 acres, and has successfully now got like 180 acres and just bought his seventh house around this sunny lake, little private lake up there. So we went up to, I went up to inspect the house he was buying because I'm an inspector, and I said, sure, I inspected the last one he bought. Beautiful little house right on the water. And nice home, and everything was great. We, so as soon as we got the inspection done on Saturday morning, we went up Friday afternoon. We were fishing Friday afternoon, and the clouds were rolling in. It was windy in the 50s. Sun was coming through the clouds, and we started drilling bass on spinnerbaits up in two, three foot of water, just fishing from a paddle boat. So ninja sneaking up on them, going all around the edges of the lake. No weeds had come up in the lake yet, so it was all clear, but this is a very weedy and full of the lily pads when it when it blooms out by summer there's just a dot left in the center so yeah. we got back into a little north bay on the north side and we caught five fish in the first 15 minutes the first fish i caught was 12 inches I went oh that's a nice little bass on a spinner 
And then from that point, we got off the dock and then went out in a paddle boat and just started to pound them. I mean, yeah. it was like unbelievable four or five pounders, 19 inches, 20 inches, 20 and a half inches. Keith caught two in a row that were just dandies. I caught three. By the time we were done, we caught nine bass and six pike, and we were out there for maybe two hours just punching around in wow. paddle So, yeah, it was nice. And the next day, we figured this is going to be great. We're going to go out again and, you know. It was not good. The next day, we went into this little aluminum boat. He had two aluminum boats sitting out there. We went in one of them and said, let's take that one out. It'll be a little easier to fish out of it. But it actually had seats that were so thin and, like, so many heavy asses that set on them that they were concave down. And every time you put your weight on it, it would go pow and snap and pop. And it was it's like you took a ball-peen hammer to smack the bottom of the boat. And we did that all around the lake and didn't catch hardly anything. Really. We're scaring every fish in this lake. Let's go back. We called this boat never again after that and put it on the shore and he had the other one. So we decided to take the other one out. And that worked out much better. But it was very tippy also. <laughs> I had to warm Keith at one point. Be careful standing up and moving around. Because he got a, one pretty good shake and both of us caught it. And I was like, okay, this is a tippy. It's not a flat bottom, it was a V. But it was only like 12 feet long. And got back into a North Bay, dropped the anchor down. I, told, I turned around, and Keith is loading up the cast. I see both of his heels are all the way over on the starboard side, like, and he's loading up. And I look at him, and he lets it go, and his ass immediately went backwards over the edge of the boat, and the whole boat skated out from underneath our feet, and I jumped for the other side because I'm in the center, just dropped the anchor rope. And I tried to bring the boat back to, you know, to center. And uh, the last thing I saw was his ass going over the edge and then <laughs> kicked the boat out, and I'm going in, too. I went, oh, my God. The last thing I thought they hit the water is, I can't believe I'm, I'm going to hit the fucking water. I can't believe I'm going to get the door. Because I've never fallen out of a boat. <laughs> I got a canoe one time when I was in Boy Scouts that we had to purposely swamp and then learn how to get it yeah, right yeah. up. So I've never been in the water it accidentally. It, it was it was pretty crazy because the water was not horribly cold. It was probably high 40s. But it was a mess from that point because the boat was swamped and all our gears floating. And I'm looking at my phone and it's sitting in a puddle of water in my tackle bag. And it's just cigarettes are swamped. Everything's washing around <laughs> in the boat. And he's trying to get it's back in the boat. Immediately he grabs a side like he's going to pull himself in. And I hit the front of the boat. And I said, dude, you're going to swamp the boat. Stop it. And he went around to the back. I said, hang on to the stern handles. I said, I'm going to get in, and I pulled myself up in, got in, and the boat's really got freaking six, eight inches of water in the bottom. It's, it's pretty full. It's a small boat. And he tries this again to get in, and I said, you're not going to get in the boat. It's going to swamp and sink if you get in. Hang out of the back. I'm going to paddle us to the shore. And slowly work my way over this bulrushes. And at that point, Keith's complaining because he's getting dragged across cattails and bulrushes and a log that's laying in the water. I'm telling him, okay, go for shore. Walk for it now. He's like, I don't know. Every time I take a step up, he sneaks up to his hip one step, and the other steps on the bulrush, and it starts sinking down. And he finally got up to shore, and I got the boat to shore, flipped it over, got everything out, had to drag it back in, and paddle 20 minutes all the way back to the cabin, soaking wet. At this point, I had a pair of muck boots on. Thank God they, they fell off my feet the first two kicks I took. Otherwise, they would have taken me right to the bottom because they were full of water. Did you lose them? Yeah, they went to the bottom. Oh, shit. So... Went back, dried out through a clothes in the dryer. Didn't you say just, you just bought those? 
No, those were muck boots. I had oh, you, you just bought the waders. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, our yeah, intentions yeah. were to go to Osaba River and fish the river and then go to the pier and, and fish for walleye and lake trout and steelhead, all the stuff that's running right out. So I went to Dunham's, bought some more equipment, more spoons, new pair of waders because I couldn't find mine. I know they're Troy's, but they leaked anyway, so I was like, screw it, I'm buying another from the pair of waders. <laughs> so get all the way out there. We never left that little lake for... Well, until Sunday night, we, we fished there the rest of the weekend, and Sunday was banner, too. We hit bass and pike all day long, and the fish were up in the shallows looking for <coughs> food or sunning themselves, and they were aggressive, and they were chasing mostly spinner baits. We tried a lot of yeah. different things. Lipless baits usually work great this time of the year for us. We were really good at finding them with search baits like that, mm. but they wouldn't touch them. Tried chattered bait. I didn't bring a whole lot of bass stuff. I brought mostly stuff to go to the river to fish and a few lures for this lake that we're going to fish on. So spinner baits, but I brought no swim jigs and no plastics. I was like, man, if I had a swim jig of black and blue, I could swim down these drop offs. I knew these bass were staging on the outside edge because there were the ones in the shallows. After we went around twice and started picking them, they was getting harder and harder to catch. So we started moving on the outside edge, looking for them, staging spawning fish coming up, you know, the first big ones that come up. And I think that's why we're catching such good bass is all those big ones were right up on the edges looking for bait or getting warm and scouting out the shallows for spawning areas. But it was an exciting place to fish, and good news is my friend Travis is a great, great guy. He's got a bunch of properties up there, and he's already told us we should come up there and hang out because we got plenty of places around there we could fish. Fletcher's is less than an hour from there. Higgins, or not, not Higgins. It's, H- just, uh, it's, it's just like, what, southwest of Hubbard? Yeah, right? it's just southwest of Hubbard. Hubbard yeah. GPS did this, like, 33-minute drive from yeah. there. But it's right in the middle of the Huron National Forest. It used to be a logging site, and then it was developed into this little small community around this little tiny 25-acre lake in the middle of the forest. It's like a good 30-minute drive, state forest drones, until you hit, boom, the road that comes back in, and there's a sort of community back there. It's beautiful. Wow. It's like being way up north, and it's only less than three hours to get there. No shit. Damn. But I'm exploring that end of the state board last year, too, up in Oscoda area. Van Etten Lake, Mayo, Foot Pond, all the Asabo drainage has got a bunch of impoundments through there, too. Yeah, yeah. And we're fishing foot those dam. Yep, foot dam. So we fish some of those impoundments, and they're really crazy. The foot, with the down scan on, we were 25, 30 feet off the shore, and it looked like there was nothing, no growth or anything at all. But there were trees that were growing up from the bottom that you could see on the down scan that were 30 foot off the bottom, like 60 foot of water. Like they flooded the forest and all the trees were still standing, but the tops of them were 25 feet below the surface. Wow. And there was fish just all over the tops of those. So we started fishing deeper crankbaits of that and finding fish, but it was incredible. It looked like there wasn't a lot of cover there, but those lakes are flooded forest impoundments, and there's tons of wood in them. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I hope that I don't get flipped out of a boat again anytime soon. My daughter thought it was rather funny. She's like, we were safe and all, but Keith, I had to pull his rod and reel up from the bottom of the depths because he went in with the rod, you know, in his hands after he cast it. Did he end up keeping the rod? Well, what happened was the line wrapped around his arm. Oh, that's right. (laughs) So when he got up to the boat, he's like, my line's on my arm. So I said, give it to me. I said, I'll pull your rig back in. 
he had the mail open because when he was casting, he never shut it. So I had to spool 200 yards from like parade up before I got this broad reel up into the boat, sloshing around. Oh oh, but he man. did not lose his nice, he had a nice six go outfit, and he was like, oh man. I really if that's it. not the most terrible outdoorsman story, that's I mean, pretty, pretty good time. We laughed afterwards at first. I, I never got upset, but it was the humor at all was just the look on his face where his ass was hanging over to find yeah. gravity off the edge of the boat and trying to hold it. And I knew as soon as his feet kicked forward, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I know, Keith. How, how did he take it? He Actually, he took it pretty good, but he's, his eyes are as big as freaking Friday yeah. when he came out of the water, and he was grabbing for the boat desperately. Yeah. And that's when I was afraid he was going to roll the whole boat over and fill yeah. it full of water because he grabbed a hold of it and immediately tried to pull himself in, and I'm like, no, no, no. Now, that's why <laughs> I don't fish in an aluminum boat anymore. <laughs> I got a big boat that's a lot more stable than that. He did say, I take it for granted how we can stand on our bass boats and never have to worry about that kind of mm-hmm. stuff happening. I was like, dude, it's a 12-foot boat. I told you we'll get yeah. out of here. Well, Be careful standing up and moving around. Bob, do you remember that little, we called it the silver bullet. Yeah. We took out to Winnawana, and this was a 12-foot boat that was about three feet wide at best. It was the, that was the worst thing ever to fish out of. I mean, you always stood on the seat. Yeah. And I'm just like sitting down like, yeah, if I make a movement, like we're going over. And he's standing on the seat. Were you in that boat when I popped a rivet in it? Probably. It, I was I'm sitting there and it, a rivet popped in the middle. It just popped out and then all of a sudden there's a there's a stream of water shooting straight up like three feet high like eye level shooting straight up from the bottom of this boat and i was like what the hell was that and so i just sit there and plug it with my finger and i'm like oh no (laughs) we're we're, we're gonna sink here jesus yeah that's funny yeah I'm, i'm done with those days see a lot of boats like that up in canada we have trips that we make up there, and they leave them on <coughs> different areas of the lake where you pull your boat up. And Trudy, the person who owned the property over there, she left boats out for people to go out and fish. You know, flip the boat over here, take the oars out with you, and go. And we called them Canadian live wells because they were like ankle deep in water within 15 minutes. So we were in them, <laughs> beat the hell. Yeah. About one of them, I looked down and it had a band aid with a, a ball of chewing gum smashed down into a hole and taped over it. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah. Seems legit. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You do what you got to do. You want to go fishing, you make it work. Yeah, we used to fish those aluminum boats up in Alpita. Uh, we would. Uh, yeah. Well, those were 14 footers, though. And I mean, not that those are the greatest boats, but some of them were pretty nice. They were deep. I mean, we did fine. We I remember we used to fish four four guys out of it. Well, two, we were kids, and then yeah. um, two adults out of those little 14 foot boat. Yeah. I mean, we but generally we just trolled though, like we weren't casting mossy lures. But or, we always we always had a sponge or a, like a little always. half, like oh, a, yeah. a Clorox yeah. bottle or something mm-hmm. like that that was like cut in half that you would just that you'd have to yep. bail out at least twice a day. You were yep. emptying the water on that boat. Yeah, we went to Fletcher's twice a year in the eighties, Memorial Day, Labor Day, and uh, we'd do our fishing out of a fourteen foot boat you rented from Jackson. Those were steel boats. They were fourteen foot they were heavy. You could yeah. bump into stuff with them and bang, they were like little battleships. But you put a five horse yeah. on the back you just go upwind as far as you can go. It could be two, three miles on that lake. Yeah. Shut the motor off in three foot of water and it's three foot of water for as long as you can see yeah. because it's a big shallow lake. I haven't fished that lake since uh well our neighbor, Mike, um we had that place up in Atlanta, and we'd go up when we were kids. We'd go up all the time perch fishing. We never really fished for anything bigger because we were little. But, I mean, I remember 
I remember fishing that lake, and it would be perch after perch after perch like every time we went out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would be catching bass and stuff because he's fishing for other stuff. But me and Bobby were just pulling up perch after perch. And I mean, we've got pictures. I think I posted them on TikTok of us with these massive stringers of fifty mm. plus perch. And that's the last time I fished that lake. We've talked about it for years of going up there instead of you know where we go in Alpena and just never i don't know i just never came to anything i've never fished with my bass or a bass boat in there it's always been out of those little yeah steel boats it's, be. A, it's easy you gotta know where you're going and back in the 80s it was a lot shallower and the weeds were everywhere we used to look for open pockets to cast to it'd be just yeah. a weed bat in the summer mm-hmm. so it, it made fishing a little more challenging but it made you good because you had to really spot cast the spots yeah. and you could catch some big bass out of the stumps in those two foot yeah. water up in there. Well, back then, back then, were the trees still full or were well, they there broken? There was a lot of wood out of the water. There yeah. was like forest tops of trees that were still standing. You could drift between yeah. them. I've seen go. pictures of that stuff. It looks like it'd be awesome to fish in. Mm. but It's an easy lake to fish because it's it gradually gets deeper slowly as it gets away from shore. So yeah. there's only one channel that runs down the center. But if you get up and get a good drift going, you can fish for two-mile drift with the wind. Yeah, and just you know keep fishing, and it's just structure and structure and structure. Stumps everywhere, stumps yeah. everywhere, wood everywhere, yeah. weeds and ponds. So yep, lots of cover. All you do is just drift along and you know cast. Back then yeah. with spinners, spoons originally we'd fished a lot of spoons in there. Yeah. Lost a lot of spoons in there. <laughs> That's where you catch them, spoons. That's where it's at. I'm coming back to them now since you guys have turned me on to the spoon thing again because I'm telling them and I got away from it when the spinnerbait came along and yep. I've been a diehard like spoon guy now. I'm back to yeah. So we, we, we were when, just talking about that today. Yeah, when Jimmy and I went out last week, the only thing we saw anything on was a little red and white spoon. Really? Yep. And then I took my kids out to Kensington on Sunday, just fishing from shore. Threw on a five of diamond spoon just for shits and giggles and second cast. Caught a bass. A bass. All Something right. to it. Yeah. I'm both both times there are bass on, on spoons. So, yeah. I think we've all become accustomed to the next best thing. And the simple, basic thing that has worked and always worked is the spoon. And it works. Yeah. You can fish it at any depth. You can fish it when it's windy. Yeah, you can fish it as a jig. You can yep. fish it like a spinnerbait, just straight yep. retrieve. You can, Very versatile. You can twitch it. Yeah, and it's they're easy and they're, they don't cost a ton. So they make them in every color. Yeah. yeah. So you can always target you know whatever they're picking up on, whether that be red, and white, or mm-hmm. a yellow, or fire tiger, yeah. or something like that. You could you could fish yeah. them pretty can, easily too. You can, can straight retrieve it. And I could take my spoon fish. box out to probably any lake and probably. Have a good chance of catching something because I've got every color. So I grew up fishing the and silver minnow. My grandfather and his uh, brother used to take us out of Tittabawassee River. And that twelve foot boat that's back in my barn. I grew up fishing out of the Tittabawassee. And we used to fish the river. And my grandfather had an old ambassador and a Conlon rod, and he fished man's jelly worms. And that man could catch fish. I'm just dragging a Texas rib worm around, and that's the first time I got introduced like worm fishing. But he was good at it. And yeah. that, they like to troll. They like to troll Johnson Silver Minnows and catch lots of fish. Catch lots of pike, yeah. lots of bass. 
Yep. I think nice. trolling a, a Johnson silver metal might not be a it, bad tactic. It is tactic. very good to troll. Because you can just jerk it and it just comes out of the weeds or clears up. We were, we were talking about that today. They come like, when you buy them out of the package, the hook is pretty yeah, pretty, never, pretty rough. Sure. You know, it's well, just like a Well, the gauge, of, the gauge of that hook is so, it's so thick. Right. Like it's, you know, you see some of these trebles, uh, even on a, a daredevil, like it's much thinner. Yeah. And this thing is so thick, it's twice as thick as a normal daredevil. And they're not hook. sharp at all. No, they're not. And then it, they're, I don't know if you ever will get them sharp because of how thick they are. Like you'd have right. to grind it down so much to get an edge. Like, and I know, I mean, I've caught fish on them, but I've lost more than I've caught. No, you gotta, Guaranteed. You get it to a needle point, but then it rolls on you. You got to resharpen yes. it. It never stays. Yeah. I started using, uh, putting trailer hooks on them in a trailer worm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like taking a five of diamonds or a red and white mm-hmm. and putting like a white grub on it, like a three-inch grub or a four-inch grub mm-hmm. on a trailer hook. And it adds to the action, but it changes that action just a little Com- bit. Completely, yeah. It changes the action, but I caught a lot of I, – I connected with more fish with that trailer hook just because that single hook on it was – but I, I, I'm telling you, man, when I started throwing a Johnson Silver Middle, like I, I was seeing them hit mm-hmm. consistently, yeah. you know, like cast after yep. cast after cast. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why can't I hook up with these fish? And naturally, that single hook is yeah. just brutal. Yeah, I always fish those with three-inch white grub or a yellow grub on the back. Always. Never naked. Yeah. Same here. When, right? you, when you fish it without a grub, it just spins. Mm-hmm. And which it puts off a ton of flash. Like, you you cast that thing out there, and, like, you can see it. They're coming the whole way. You can see that. It's like a spotlight in the water. But... Yeah. You put a grub on there; it doesn't really spin and flash. It does, but it more it like more side it, to it, side. It's like, it more of a flutter spoon action. Yeah, yeah. So that's true. That's how we fish those at Fletcher's a lot. Was like a flutter spoon. Yeah. Cast them next to the stumps, and then just let them flutter down like that. Yeah. A lot of times, you can see the fish flash out and grab it on the way down. Now, yeah, when, when, you, when you used to fish Fletcher's, was it? Super wooded, like yeah. did it like have standing stuff like stuff it was standing out of the water timber coming out of the water, ten twelve feet. I mean, there were three or four inch, five inch round limbs. They were huge trees, but they were like the tops of the trees or the smaller ash trees or whatever it was that didn't fall down right away. But it was, it was a forest of wood. I think like nowadays, I don't think it's, because even at, at like Winya, it's, it's all used to, we used to see a lot more stuff that was mm. you know right at the surface or yeah. a little bit above the surface, but now it's everything is eroded so much that which sucks is it's right below the surface, so you yeah. can bang it with your oh, yeah, with your boat or with your lower unit <laughs> widow makers if yeah. you're out there running. Yeah, running hot. yeah. Another outdoors terrible experience. <laughs> yeah, we'll get in. We'll get yeah. into that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jimmy, you got a story. Which one? <laughs> the one I posted about TikTok sir coughs a lot over here. Uh, yeah. Sorry for everybody's eardrums. Yeah. What did you find when we were... Well, talk about our spooling experience the other day when we were spooling up our, oh, our gear. Well, so last year I bought a really nice uh, baitcaster. Um, worked really well when I first... Uh, when I first strung it and everything like that, cast real smooth retrieve, everything like that. Loved it. But then something happened and my action started getting real weird. I started like, it was no longer smooth and I was getting frustrated with it. I couldn't figure it out. You're backlashing a lot. I was backlashing like crazy. 
um, made me really lose faith in myself as a fisherman. <laughs> but I kept fishing with it, you know, because I don't give up. But, uh, yeah, so I fished like that all summer trying to figure it out. I'm with Ryan trying to uh, get all that old braid off, and I realized that the goddamn line is spinned around the top of the rod. <laughs> <laughs> wrapped around the tip and all I had to do was look at the tip of the rod to find yeah. out that uh, you know how it'll like loop yes. in that last yeah. strand of, and Braid's so the, good at that it's real oh, yeah. simple if it's, you give it a little slag it'll wrap yep, right notorious for doing that and he shows it to me, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get a picture of that. <laughs> he sent, I, I think he sent way. us a picture. I of did. It. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Well, I remember him texting me last year, like, "Why is my real key backlashing?" And I'm like, I, I don't know. At the time, now, now, well, yeah, because I was it. just sending pictures and stuff, so it's yeah. hard to tell. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. But then That's go funny. ahead and tell them uh, about you while we were stringing poles. Go oh ahead. man. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Well, yeah, right after that, we started stringing up. <laughs> I was stringing up mine. So I think it was my first one, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, I feed everything. Well, no, I, I so I, I go through and I, I pull pull the line through it and I go ahead and tie it onto the spool, get ready to start setting up to, to spool it up, and I realize I didn't go through any of the guides. And I'm like, motherfucker. So, okay, so <laughs> I, I cut, the, cut the line, go back. You look, why are you looking at me? <laughs> I'm looking at you cross-eyed. Man. I've, I've, I've How many beers you had? Why are you looking at me cross-eyed? I've fished with you long enough to look at you cross-eyed for saying it exactly gets, what you're it saying. Gets right it gets keep, better. It gets way better. This is me putting the mono backing on. I'm not even to the braid yet. Oh, oh man. Yeah, there's more. Oh, yeah. So I finally figure that out. Put some mono backing on because I'm tying, tying braid on. And then I go and I go to tie the braid, um, doing a just double uni tying the braid to the mono. And we're talking, and I don't know. I think he's messing with his rod and asking me questions. Like, well, I'm trying to multitask, and That's I go fair. to I go to I tie the knot, and I go to cut the extra strand, and I cut the wrong fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> You've done that before. Yeah, no, like, I know I've seen that. And before. I'm just sitting there looking at it, just kind of <laughs> laughing. And he's like, "What?" And I'm like, ah, "I cut the wrong one." <laughs> well, not only that, too. Like when he went to go, so he didn't go through the eyelets, and then went through the whole thing again, restrung it, got it all tied up, went to go reel, and. Realized he had done the same thing again. <laughs> he forgot to clear the eye. Yeah, so so then I did it a third time, tied everything right, didn't cut it, and then I didn't go through the damn eyelid again. I didn't go through any of the guides. Oh my god, he almost gave up. At that point, I'm like, I just sat down. I'm like, I'm gonna drink my beer for a minute. Like this is three times. I should not take me four times. I've had moments like that. I've had moments oh, where I'm like, god. what what is what's wrong with my brain? Like what, why am I doing this? Right well, now? it was just that we were multi like some multitasking. Like he's asked me questions because he's still messing with his whatever he had going on with his, and I'm trying to like focus on what I'm doing. And then I got my kids on one end, like running into my rods and stuff and yeah it's, you know how that goes so. I, i've done that with a like a polymer knot before like <laughs> like yeah. I've, t- I've tied a thousand polymer mm-hmm. knots and then like all of a sudden you just have like this brain fart and you're like you know like yeah. i'm sitting there looking at it like they're like a, i don't know like a special ed or something yeah. <laughs> I'm like how well, how do I do a polymer you, knot? Like, you pull it tight and the hook just pops off, and just like you didn't hook it tight. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you did it completely wrong. Yeah, I, you're I, like, what am I? What's going on? I did that today. I was tying on the spinner bait, and I went through and did everything, and I don't know what the hell I was doing. Didn't make something some loop right. 
go to pull it tight and it just pulls right off <laughs> right off the spinner bait wire and I'm like okay that's not gonna work i don't know why i was tying i was retying today too like it was as soon as we got out of the water right before i, I did my first cast i was like i had used this gear in a year i, I didn't rewind so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna cut a foot off of this or so so i cut a foot off and i go to retie it and i was like as i'm retying it i'm like why are my fingers so big <laughs> i'm like i'm just having a hell of a time i'm like feel like my oh my god my fingers are like i'm like i'm wearing mittens or something you know i'm like you have been out of the game oh, way man. too long it, it really is like the first couple times you go fishing it's like you got to yeah. iron out all those yeah, bugs, man, yeah. and like just learn how to do it all again. Yeah, when you take six months of a Michigan winter off, and then you go, you go into tying knots, and you go into like how to work, you know, how to how to set a hook <laughs> on a on a northern pike. Like well, it that, takes it takes well, a little for, work. For us, our our first big trip is always the first or second week in May, so you don't have much time to work out those bugs. Nope. And right. with the way this Michigan weather's been, like, you know, I got out a couple times just because I happened to have the day off that it was a nice, one of the nice 60-degree days. But it was the first time you got out, and we are going we're going north in, what, 10 days, 11 days, something like that? So yeah. it, you would have been messing takes, with all that up there. You should have seen. with a battery and a dead charger. And, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I found that because that, that's kind of catastrophic yeah. when you're up there trying to trying to fish but yeah. I, th- I think even when we get up there it's still going to take a day or two to, to iron everything oh, yeah. out so that you're running well the first you know, night is just so get, the whole crew is running yeah. on all eight cylinders you know yeah, four and a half whatever <laughs> you, you, you whatever guys should have seen him trying to teach me how to do a cinch knot oh god it was awful uh, it was uh, well, like really, a simple cinch, cinch knot to yeah, like cinch onto yeah, the, the reel. The, yeah. the simplest, like the first. I might as well talk. I might as well talk this the pucker bottle. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like talking me through it. So first of all, he showed me how to do it once with the first reel. Then the second one, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it myself. Just talk me through it. And he's like, okay, you just you, basically you you tie the knot to itself, so then when you pull on it, it tightens the knot. So I was like, okay, yeah, I know. I think I know what you're talking about. So I like tie a knot or whatever. And I go to pull on the line, and the whole thing just comes undone. I was like, okay, I was clearly I did something wrong. And so let me try it one more time, and then maybe I might tag you in. Um, and then uh, so I go to do it again, and it happens again. So then I got to look at him. I'm like laughing so hard, like I've got tears coming out of my eye. And I was like, okay, so when you say tie the knot to itself, what, what exactly do you mean? And he had to literally walk over and like show me in my face with what he was doing to get it done. And that, that's how terrible of an outdoorsman that I am. So it was one step away of getting a piece of paper and some crayon. Just <laughs> <laughs> drawing a picture. <laughs> Did he tell you to spit on it and to wet the knot when you tighten it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, that's, yeah. that's I, Well, I knew tip. that from when uh, the first time that they ever took me out fishing and taught me yeah. that. So luckily I kept that in my brain. See, you're learning. I, I've used tape before, too, to hold that knot yeah. on there and yeah. stuff like that. I've done it where I put, I didn't even tie a cinch knot. I just laid the line on there and put a small piece of tape on it. Small piece of electrical tape and let it reel because, I mean that if you're if you're getting to the end that far to the end of your line where you're going to be yeah something <laughs> it's seriously wrong anyway so yeah. like usually well, I've had before where you guys but, don't run into that 
Like ever? <laughs> no, no, I've never, I've never, I've never well, run. I've had before where before I really knew fifty yards of light. Before I knew a ton about about fishing, I'd tie straight braid all the way down to the spool, and I wouldn't put tape on. I just do a cinch knot, and, and just all of a sudden spit. you go out there and, and cast, and like under normal tension, it's fine. But then you hook into something, and, and you're reeling, and the spool spinning, but the line's just going out. Yep, you got to yeah. tape that. Yeah. yeah, but now I do a mono backing so it can grip and. Not work. So you're I learning did for Jimmy. a while, but I didn't. I was getting more problems with the mono blowing up on me than the braid because the braid comes off so quick. Yeah. Then you get a spool up on the mono every time, and it'd be deep. So I just started with a lot of tape on the spool, and I just go straight. So you from straight there. braid and, and yep. tape. So yep. the more you put on, the more problems the movie becomes. You got to make sure that you're just putting on 125 yards, like three good cast lengths. Don't get carried away. They cast best when they got that least amount of line on them. They cast really good. You don't have yeah. too many blow-ups. So you're changing line more frequently, but you're only using that 300, you know, 300 feet. My, yeah. My goodness, you know. Until you, you tie into a sturgeon and, yeah, and, and hold on. <laughs> exactly. In that case, or, a 20 pound, or a 20-pound 20 cat. And, yeah. And you just sit there and fight it for well, 30 my, minutes. Well, my bass gear I keep <laughs> less on like that. But my musky yeah. rod and that, no, they're spooled up pretty much as full as I can get them. We the yeah. one thing with musky though is I've never had them give me a prolonged like screaming fight that goes way away from the boat. No, they're usually no. pretty fast. Yeah, it's no. usually within the first five minutes that you can get them to well, the they, boat. Or, they, they say musky have horrible stamina, yeah. so they'll they'll give you everything they got and then they're done. But this, the stuff we're fishing with the equipment is it's you can really pull them to you almost. I mean, yeah, they're sticks. Yeah, I mean you but, could you could catch them on our, our bass gear. Yep. You know, you just set the drag right, fight them right. Yep. Like you can do it fine. You can't throw the lures that we throw at them, but I've got some what? big fish on spinning rods, six six spinning rods with the fifteen pound floral. We would go salmon fishing yeah. and trout fishing, and man, you got good at yeah. landing twenty pound fish on a you know, yeah. medium weight spinning well, rod. Look yeah. at a steelhead rod. Steelhead rods are like ten foot long, but they're they're really pretty like light medium. action. Yeah, medium action. I mean, you're throwing light stuff, but like you're tying <laughs> into fifteen twenty pound fish, and yep. you know you just. Set that drag right. So with the the musky stuff is usually your reels are going to be geared what lower mm-hmm. as well. You're going to have a you know a four and a half to one ratio. So you want to spool it up a little bit higher so that you're getting more line per turn. Right. Every you know the 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 smaller the least you know less line you have the the less line you're going to be cranking per turn. So you want to spool it up a little bit higher so that every single crank you're getting it's rotating and pulling in that much more line. It makes it a little bit faster on that those super low gear, you know, yeah, uh, reels and things like that. Yeah. Did you guys give him a heads up about the putting stuff on record? Oh, oh no, I didn't. Shit. Yeah, we call didn't call out. So good idea. Yeah, so if you listen to the first couple podcasts, we went on record and and basically did a bold prediction for this year mm-hmm. of something that something we're gonna do for hunting. So for me, it's gonna be I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna shoot a buck big enough to put on the wall. I guess technically I said I'm gonna shoot any I'm, I'm gonna put a deer on the it was wall. Anything, yeah. I said I'm gonna put a deer on the wall, so it might be a doe on my wall. It's I don't know if I awesome. said buck on the wall. It was anything. I'll have to go back and listen to it. it I'm pretty anything. sure it was anything. So there might be a duck. Or a I'm duck. your biggest fan. So. There might be a duck on my wall. Might be a duck. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to I'm gonna catch my fishing one is I'm going to catch a fish on the suicide duck because it's the most ridiculous lure that I've never seen in 
I've never even remotely had a fish even look at it. So. I fished it, and I fish a lot of big top waters like that. And I took it up to Canada, and I went, "Oh, this is going to be yeah. deadly up here." Well, you watch all the videos on it, and they're just hammering it. Yeah, yeah they wouldn't no. touch it. I tried yeah, to yeah. You never fishing it like Norway or something. Yeah, in a stocked pike pond yeah. Yeah. where they're hitting anything. Can you put like worms at the treble hooks? I didn't specify. So just let it float and catch I, a bluegill. It might have dynamite attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have like a red daredevil hanging off the ass of the yeah. duck. Well, thank God, Jason. Don't, don't worry about the semantics of it. Okay, <laughs> just let me meet my challenge. So those are my two. Bobby's gonna catch a 50 inch muskie and put a 150 inch buck yeah, on the wall. Like a pure asshole, I said 150 inch deer. Yeah, because like, who measures your deer? Snob, snobbish, snob assholes. But so he needs to put 200 inches on the wall, basically. Um, so anybody gets on the podcast, we're gonna make you make a bull prediction. But so. my bull prediction is I'm gonna catch a lake trout this year. And it's okay. the only He's species ready. I have not really tangled with besides sturgeon in these Great Lakes. I've caught a lot of different fish, a lot of trout, but okay. never lake trout. All right, so you're gonna catch a lake trout. So this catch year. a lake any, trout any that's size. Be at a- least I'm hoping at least a 12 15 pounds. Yeah. But yeah, well, let's let's put a let's put a mark on it. Like, what do you got? Like, well, we're fishing a lot this year up from that base out of Glenny, so we're going to fish Lake Huron right around the pier areas where Osabo flows out, Thunder Bay flows out, yeah, and, Thunder Bay or Oscoda. Yeah. So spring and fall, it would have to probably be in the fall because I think the lake trout are going to yeah. move out to deeper water, but they'll come into spawn when the water gets back in the fifties. And you'll catch them at the mouth of the river okay. there. Let's let's call it ten pounds. Well, ten pounds is good, but I I, I geared up for it when we went to to Mogami up. It's a pretty Ontario. small lake trout. <laughs> but all kind of stuff to fish for lake trout up there, and we never had to catch any up there. They were locked out. It was tough. Bluebird skies for five days, and it was we went third week of September, so it was already getting pretty cold up there. Yeah. And they had already spawned, so we didn't have a great trip, but. I bought a lot of gear for them, and I'm going to put to use this year. And then I'm going to put a, a deer net in the freezer or two this year. Sarah, yeah, I'm say your, yours might be good just to put a deer in the freezer because the last couple of years no. you've uh, you've missed a couple. Well, this year we missed three, <laughs> and then last year we put two in the freezer. So. How about we're going to sight in your shit? That's your. <laughs> that, I don't know what it is because I killed that deer last year with that 450 with first that, shot. Yeah, that new 450. Yeah, 450. Then I went out and I hunted with Keith. Keith bought a 450. Oh. He put a Leopold scope on him. We scoped and sighted in. I went out and sat and uh, stand back there. And he, he came right down the pipeline, pipeline easement, and I'm 60 yards, picked him between the trees, pulled the trigger, and he just stood up, and he didn't know where it came from, because we got those flash compensators on the end of it. Yeah. When you shoot those, you, it doesn't sound like it's coming from one spot. It's just like, they don't know where it, what yeah. direction it's, it's awesome. coming from. Yeah. So he's standing there looking, 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 and I racked another one in, and he took off. And shot right over his back, and I thought that was with Keith's gun. I went, we sighted it in pretty good, you know, just yeah. three weeks before. So I don't know if it was me the gun. Why did you use your gun? So because I just felt like you know trying his out because his scope has got actually a little bit better um, nighttime, you know, yeah. illuminance than mine. Yeah. I had a cheap scope that came out of from Dunham, and he got a pretty good Leopold scope on his. Or yeah, and. That I figured might make a difference when I was sitting out there, but uh, so are you going to put a buck in the freezer or just a deer? In the I'll freezer? put any deer in the freezer, but right, I would so. like to put a, a buck in the freezer. It's been three years or four four years now since I put a buck in the freezer. Okay, okay. all right. So all right. a buck, lake trout, and a buck. All right, so we're going to say a buck in the freezer, and you're going to catch a lake trout. That's your that's your bold prediction for 2022. That's it. Okay, 
All right. So, so are you ready, Jimmy? You so, want to wait? You so, want to think about it more? So I know, I know what I want to do. Um, because you guys already touched on it a little bit uh, a couple podcasts ago on, on my hunting one, and I, I'm ready to double down on that. So uh, I bought a crossbow. Um, I'm new. I'm this is going to be my first year doing archery, um, and uh, the group where I hunt, the group that I hunt with, they're pretty adamant that you use a crossbow because they've had some people kind of uh wound deer with regular bows so they want me to use a crossbow so the only way i get to hunt with uh archery is if i have a crossbow so i so i bought a crossbow um i'm gonna go on record that i'm going to get a deer with my crossbow this year a deer a deer i'm not so it's not going to be a 150 inch spread mind you it, this would, it might not even be alive when I shoot it. So hold on. Hey, hey, so, you're hunting out in Hillsdale, too, right? Allegedly, yeah. This is not a bold prediction. No, it's this pretty is bold a, because this so is listen, pretty much a prediction. So hang on. So, oh, I, oh, never mind. I forgot who I'm you're talking, talking to. So you, yeah, exactly. Read the room here. So I'm actually, room. I kind of want to go back. He mentioned the 450 with that... Uh, with how loud it is and how it echoes and everything like that, I have the perfect story that I want to. Should I tell it? Well, let's finish your prediction. Yeah, then well, we can, okay. we can okay. get into that story because okay. that is a good one. But so, I have a disclaimer for my second prediction. So well, hold on, I want to go back to your first one. Okay, let's go back. To so the your first, first one, one, you're so so you're going to shoot a deer yeah. with your crossbow. Yeah. Have you ever one shot a deer with archery equipment? Uh. If you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried the, you have to think about that. I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. Uh, the answer is no. So. Okay. Yeah. So have you? So you? So have you? You've never shot a deer in archery season. You never hunt. Have you ever hunted in archery season before? First time. Okay. So that that makes your prediction it, a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. It will change your life. Oh yeah. So. Okay. So I'm going to help you that, with this because I'm going to help you get that thing sighted and get you to shoot it. Um, um, okay, cool. Because that's the ethical thing to do. I don't want you wounding any deer, especially, uh, no, piss, I'm, I'm, especially I'm totally, pissing off people that you have the property I will on, pass. So. I will pass on a shot all day long if it's not an ethical shot. I just so. mean I want you to be able to hit the damn targets. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all about, it's all about just getting good with your gear. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, you, can do, you, can do, you can pull a lot of stuff that you, that, some, that, that you might think might be unethical. Like you might... Yeah. If you're good with it, if you know what you're doing and you're and you're accurate and you're and you're well versed in your own equipment, you can do yeah. a lot of things that you didn't think you could. You could pull like that 40, 50 yard shot in some cases, especially with a crossbow. So oh, you should I should call me out on my 40, 50 yard shot. I have used the bow <laughs> in the past. <laughs> you know, don't be sensitive. Over I there am about sensitive. It. I'm still pissed about it. All right, um, back, back to, to Jimmy. We're back to Jimmy. I used to okay. shoot targets with a bow back in the day, so like I'm not new to archery I'm, per I'm se. Not, I'm not talking about video games though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not referring to Battlefield we're not or Red, Red Dead Redemption. We're not talking yeah. about Red Dead, okay. <laughs> no, so back in back in high school, me and my buddy used to shoot targets uh, probably about 25 yards we would shoot. And we would always uh, we would always target shoot. We would use, like, milk jug caps. The best part about that is when you hit one with a broadhead, it explodes. So you know if you hit it or not. I was really good with my bow when I was shooting at a target so like i mean i wasn't hunting obviously i wasn't shooting at a deer i didn't have that adrenaline spike or anything like that so like i am familiar with like archery per se i've just never shot at a deer it's um 
so much can go wrong. So oh, for sure. For anybody yeah. that's listening, that's a snob saying like you need to hunt with, <laughs> with compound equipment and you can't use a crossbow. Stop listening to this podcast because you're yeah. you're gonna get pissed off. We're so I'm sorry if I'm letting you down. We don't give a shit what you use as long as you're an ethical hunter and you and you're getting in in the outdoors. Yeah. We don't give a shit. Yeah. You want to use traditional? You want to use compound? You want to use a crossbow? It's legal in the state of Michigan, so who gives a shit? I've had a ton of stuff go wrong over the years where my bow sighted in. Not talking about last year's story, but I know my bow sighted in for a certain range, and it doesn't fly right. I mean, things can go wrong, so I don't know that you're more ethical whether you're using crossbow or not. But that's a different conversation we'll get into closer to hunting season, and we'll get into that debate. But um, All right, cool. So I like the first one. Fishing. What's your what's your fish? I got a one? disclaimer on this one, so I'm I need help with this. Okay, okay I gotta so help you with both. Don't <laughs> you offered the help on the first Bob's one? Bob's right? got you on this one. <laughs> Either or. So <laughs> I want to catch a muskie. Right. right, never caught one. Um, always wanted to. Seen you guys do it. Uh, I want to do it. The only problem, and this is where I need help. The only time I am ever where a muskie is is when I'm with you guys. So if you guys can get me out there, I will make a bold prediction that I will get a muskie this year. Oh, and I like it. 10, 12 days, but, you're going to be in but, musky waters. But if, but if you guys, I can't be held accountable if you guys don't help me, though. That's the only disclaimer. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, whoa, that's whoa. not how this works. That's, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, that, I just don't have the ability. World. It's I, a free country. <laughs> I, I can't stand at a dock in Kensington They have piers in St. Clair and Detroit River where you can catch muskie. In, in, about, in about 10 days, you're going to be in prime muskie waters, and you've got a couple days. Two. Two days. Well, I plan on throwing so those, for muskie, those are for two, sure. Those are two days yeah. that you need to be doing everything you can do oh, for sure. to be targeting muskie. For sure. So yeah. but take advantage of that, and then on top of that, we will be making several, you know, many trips to St. Clair, uh, St. Clair, Ovid, Thorn Apple, Thorn Apple yeah. you know, Marguerite, like hopefully. So then I'm ready it's, to put it in some of the different musky waters. That's that's the key to musky fishing is that you have to fish in musky waters if you want to catch them. They're not in every lake. They're well, just not. They so, just, the, so that's step one. You got to be in a lake that has musky. And step right. two is you got to cast ten thousand and one times. So you got a you right. got a lot to it, do. It is, it, it's a grind. It's a fish what you're going to find yourself doing is, and I watched you a little bit today while we were fishing today. You change your lure every five seconds. You got to have some patience. You got to have a little bit of faith, and you got to learn. Start to learn how to work some of those things that you those those tools. That's all those are. All those all those musky lures that you have our tools and all you got to do is start learning how to work those properly and then you can start putting yourself on fish yeah. but hey, get yourself in musky water and then start working figuring out how to work those things we didn't figure it out like naturally we, like a lot of trial and error do we yeah, have yeah. to figure it out yeah, did no, we figure no, it no, out hell, does hell anybody no. yeah <laughs> 20 i mean the the fish of ten thousand casts like i, I think yeah. I'm, I'm i'm a solid twenty thousand casts right now so yeah. I, i'm i'm due at least two muskies this yeah. year so, so we'll uh we'll do our part yeah we'll, do our part. We'll, we'll try to get you on the water but don't put your bold prediction on me <laughs> <laughs> luckily luckily we don't have to uh we don't have to deal with the lure issue with the musky thing because I only have two and a half musky lures, so 
I don't really. So now we got to let you borrow musky lures. <laughs> no, so no, 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 no. I, I have use... like three hundred of them. So, you can... <laughs> so that's so that's two musky predictions. Well, no, I mean that's what three musky predictions. Because Jason's got a musky prediction. You do. Was his a prediction though? I thought he just said he wanted to, his dream is to well, see yeah, one get it, it at the boat. He was he was like he wants to catch one casting. That's, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. that he's going to catch one casting though? So. He can do it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he's. He maybe anything, he's caught so. up trolling. I don't know. I think he's done some. He. I don't think he's caught one actually because he's new to the to the musky game. Because I just sold his brother my setup a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's They're being reckless hunting with that leg though. So What's hopefully, that? I said he's being pretty reckless hunting with that leg though. Hopefully he, he gets so that he, leg healed. He texts me saying that he's a, he's a little tender, but he's he's doing good so far. There so. You go. He's walking through some mountains of Missouri right now. Yeah, he's in some hill country. I yeah, saw that. I don't say mountains, but it looks pretty hilly. Like it's, yeah. So uh, I wouldn't anyways. expect anything less. So yeah. All right. So those are our bold predictions for our newcomers here. I look forward to. We got to start writing these down because I'm gonna forget them. What? Is this bold prediction two point five? I think no, for you it's bold prediction one point I've got bold prediction. <laughs> we, we need to leave it to 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 each zone to be able to remember their bowl prediction because mm-hmm. at the end of the home. year come like january 1st because that's when the hunting season's gonna end come uh january 1st we're going to own up to our bowl predictions yeah it's not always the fish at ten thousand casts oh. a, a friend of mine now there was my, my daughter dated a young guy it was new to fishing we taught him all about it he became really good in a matter of a year and a half two years of fishing with us Took him his first time out to St. Clair musky fishing. Fifteen minutes in, he's casted a big white bondy bait with a tail, gold tail spinner on it, right up against the end of the Harbor Beach Pier, and two clicks, bang, caught a forty-nine inch, nineteen-pound musky, and he had been musky fishing in fifteen minutes. I said and he was shaking when he got done with that. He was actually scared to touch it. I yeah. the fish. He was freaked out. Yeah, so it doesn't take. Well, the first the first musky I caught, I think it was like the first year we really had gear, and we went up north, and it was like the second day, and I mean, I, I, I bet I didn't have a hundred musky casts in, and. I tied into one, so well, but you got to have. We got to get your gear set up, which we will. Pretty yeah. much every fish for me is the fish of ten thousand casts. If you guys haven't noticed, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. So I've, oh, I've got I, that. Is like the boldest of bold predictions yeah. there. So yeah, you just got to put in the time, man. Yeah, like like I, I think I said that in the last podcast or the podcast before. I think it was last one we were talking the Q and A stuff. When I said that Ryan outfishes me, he outfishes me because he puts the damn lure in the water more than I do. I didn't outfish you today. You you tied into a hell of a lot more fish than me, but I have more of my moments. Well, <laughs> let, let's we have okay. our off days, all of us. Do. So there's a reason, though, and every fish that you tied into because it was the first like the first cast into that spot and the nose of the boat is right there. So like yeah. you're yeah. hitting it first. So, which is fine. Cause that's the captain, but right. I'm, I'm aiming the boat. Yeah. You're <laughs> I'm putting, the boat, I'm putting you, the boat. So I'm going to be the first one to probably exactly, throw my lure exactly. in that area. So you could have been throwing a turd and you might've caught something. So that's true. That's true. It's yeah. not my skill at all. It's, it's all about 
It's nothing to do with your skills. It's all about front-ended everybody else in the back of the boat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's purposely all turning my, the boat my, so I'm facing right into the wind. All my peasants in the back. My, my face is beat red because I was constantly facing the wind no matter what direction we're going. It's good to be the king. I, he, he sabotaged <laughs> me a couple times king. today. You, you wait till we're in my boat. You wait. Can't tell you how many times I like cast it out, and then all of a sudden I see the boat just do a one eighty, and yeah. I gotta like dance around you with my rod. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, the you know what? I want to go over here. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like fish. I like fishing other people's boats sometimes because it's like I don't have anything else to worry about other than just like eh, where am I gonna there, there's where am pro, I gonna cast? There's pros and cons to being the captain of a boat for sure. Like it's it's nice to be at the front to be able to pick out where you're going and kind of control it, but then it's nice like today like. She's gonna sit back and cast, like let Bobby figure out the nonsense and yeah. fight the wind. And so. but it, it does suck sometimes because you know I'm sitting in the like if I'm fishing with you, I'm sitting in the back of the boat and I'm like let's let's go over there. But you're yeah. going in a completely opposite direction. Yeah. I'm like, but I want to go over there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a thing. Well, so we got a fun trip coming up tomorrow. <coughs> so we're gonna hit St. Clair in the morning, chase some yeah. smallies. Chase some smallies. Yeah, me, Mark, and Bob. Um, I'm not sure where we're going to go yet, either Selfridge or Nine Mile Launch or somewhere out there. Nine Mile will put you in the area where all the spawning beds are, and it's a little early for that right there. I know there's going to be guys in that area fishing it, probably out in the 8 to 12 foot of water. Yeah. Yeah, Anchor Bay's got its fair share all around the Clinton River, you know, Metro Park area. That point is good. Metro Beach is good Yeah, this time of the year. And there are some pockets I've found in Anchor Bay, on the south end of Anchor Bay, that are actually got a good quality of smallmouth and shit in it. Yeah. So you just roam around until you find where they're, you know, which way the wind's blowing into them. And what's the wind supposed to be tomorrow? Anybody, I, you know? I didn't even look at it yet. I think it's south. like 10 to 15. That's going to be howling out there then. Is it going to be out of the south or the what? Uh, I'm not sure. Hopefully but, it's not out of the east because that's when it gets rough out there because it blows into shore. Right. So, yeah, that'd be tough to do a drift. If you get a north or south, it's good to... <laughs> yeah drift up and down the shoreline but every post i saw was eight eight to twelve feet of water yeah. tube jigs so yeah. and everything was around the mile roads i didn't see anybody post anything about selfridge but it's all those mm-hmm. similar water i'm sure well if you put it at the metro park or selfridge your selfridge you gotta go around the point and you got about four mile jaunt down there yeah which you know there's spots you can hit on the way there but that area when you get down there is definitely Way different bottom composition. I don't know if you fished it before or seen that area. What it looks not like. really. Not, it's not like much south of. It's all cobble and rock and stone and polished beds in between them. So from I fished it once for musky. I fished well the south end of the point around Metro. Hmm. I, I fished for musky. Yeah, I, I fished. Yeah, was it Lons Bay or Lamonts or something like that? So I, I fished that, and I remember the bottom being significantly different than yep. Selfridge is. Uh, or not Selfridge, uh, Anchor Bay. I mean, that's pretty much, you got like that weed line. Yep. And then it's just like sandy bottom out to, you know, 15, 20 feet yeah, of water. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of weed beds. They're scared there's just like that weed line. Room. Like you get to a certain yeah. depth and you can see like where the water, you know, clarity changes and the weeds stop. And then it goes right into that blue water and, and deeper water. And yeah, that sandy beach area in front of Metro Beach goes down into deep weeds. And it's all sand bottom coming out of there. And the perch like to go up in there and spawn will follow them up in there. So yeah, it's not a bad place to try either, especially this time of the year, because there's riprap all around the edges there too. Yeah. Well, we're going to chase them. We're going to get after them. So give it hell. So let's break that down a little bit. What, what are we going to use? What are we going to use to target them? For people who haven't fished St. Clair before, 
they think I mean, they, they think it's a gigantic body of water. Where do you even go? Search lures. You look for something fast to see if they're active first. I would think like a lipless bait or something, yep. a spinner bait that's going to give them something to look at and see if they're chasing it. If not, start dragging stuff across the bottom. Or three guys in the boat, ideally, somebody should be dragging a swim bait or a tube. Somebody should be fishing a jerk bait or a crank bait. And then, you know, something like a lipless or... A yeah. spoon, yeah. Give them something to look Spoons. at, see what they want. And if it's really slow, and they're not chasing things, then start dragging stuff across the bottom. Drop, yeah. You have a resort to drop shot or Senkos, Ned rigs. Yeah, I brought my Senko stuff just in case that's that type of bite. But yeah, Ned rigs tubes. If it's I mean, windy out there, it's hard baits. to fish a Senko weightless because you're always rising and falling on the waves. Yeah. So it makes it a little. Oh, I'm not a big fan of fishing Senkos like that. But if you put it on a a weighted wacky rig jig head or like yeah. i'm not a big component of the ned fishing rig i just started getting into it last year and yeah. did catch some fish but i haven't been completely sold on it yet but yeah i saw a lot of guys rig. last year out there pounding med rigs around three four foot of water just tossing yeah. the fish i'm excited to do it. i've never done it. i've never fished smallmouth i've always solely gone out there for musky and it's kind of the same thing you know like yep. you yeah. fish all day but i hear these reports especially right now guys catching 35 40 fish a day like yeah you can go out there and catch even 15 smallmouth like to me that'd be a fun fun outing so just gotta find the yeah. something different find the weeds and you usually find the fish yeah, yeah. i'm usually. i'm excited to do it i i mean i haven't specifically targeted smallmouth ever i don't think yeah and uh anytime i go to st Clair, i'm always pounding the water from muskie so you can catch anything on any cast in that lake so right you know yeah. when you're out there targeting smallmouth there's a good chance you'll catch largemouth Silver bass, I've, I've caught yeah. I mean, anything. I, I, I went out there for a, a bachelor. Wow. I went out there for a bachelor party. We went on a fishing trip for a bachelor party, and uh, the biggest fish we caught was about a about a twelve pound sheephead. Oh man, we got guests. We got all kinds of guys here. Guests now. coming in. Yeah, we got some guests coming in. Yeah. Some of our some of our fishing buddies here. Yep, Tom. He's going to be yep. up there with us. We yep. got old Tom, old Keith, Tom, and Keith. Keith, you just heard you just heard, heard the story of Keith. You dried out, Keith. Keith? On. He's still he's still drying his clothes out. Oh my God, Tom, are your boots dry yet? Did you pierce your ear? Um, it's been pierced about 25, 30 years. What? what? That's the first time I've ever seen yeah, a piercing. Like, it's very it's, observant. It's been a while since we've <laughs> seen it, but not that long. Maybe I'm just, I'm just catching up. <laughs> big brain on bright. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Cool, cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys being on. been fun. Oh, yeah. a good time. Oh, yeah. Hopefully there will be many more. There will, yeah. We're gonna do so next week we're gonna break down um our big fishing trip because it's gonna be about three days before that. So we're gonna Are you posting any pictures at this point or no? Have what's you, that? Have you posted any pictures of the fish you're catching? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been posting pictures of that and then tomorrow hopefully we get in we get some content for tomorrow and yeah. most definitely we'll, we'll have some pictures. So we, we better have some so pictures. I think we go out I, there all day, we don't catch anything. Yeah, it's I gonna think, be I think we we'll, we should do another podcast to, to kinda of recap tomorrow and see how it went and then but yeah, we've got our big fishing trip coming up uh to Alpina and we we'll, we're gonna break that down next week with uh, a few different people and 
It should be fun. Should yeah, be I think we're going to have. Uh, I think we were talking about having my girls on. So, yeah, yep. I want to hear what they're doing to yeah. prep and get ready. And <laughs> oh man, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it'll be a good one. So we might do a couple segments. We got so many people. So absolutely, and then we're going to have some some podcasts we're doing live at our fishing trip. We're going to take our gear up there and do some 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 actual recording up there after you know the day's fishing and and see how it goes and. I'm sure yeah. that's going to be a hoot. It's going to be something. You said hoot. You're not allowed to say hoot. Oh. Is that, <laughs> is that like snort? Yeah. So. Speaking of. Yeah. Snort. So, yeah. Let's let's wrap up with our celebratory snort. Let's get ourselves a snort. Snort. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are all caught off. That's it. Well, Tom, well, Tom wants some of that crown apple that's in there. You guys are Tom's crazy. Tom's got it. Yeah, we gotta have we gotta have Tom and Keith on here too. Like that. That'd yeah. Be, uh, yeah. Maybe I think next week we'll have to do multiple podcasts to, to break down. But I, I the, think the big we, Alpina trip. I think when we do the Alpina trip, we're planning on doing like a live one up in Alpina. Like, yeah. So we'll do, do we'll, we'll pick one of those nights that we're up there, and uh, we'll pull everybody in, and just have everybody around the table. We'll just sit there and get <laughs> stupid. You know, oh, yeah. talk we'll, about, we'll talk get a lot about, of people to listen to talk that. Talk about all the fish so. we're not catching. And, we'll do some yeah. drinking, play some cards, catch some fish. There you go. All right, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, all right. All right, any final comments, Bob? Oh, man. No, I'm just uh, trying to recover here and hopefully be healthy someday yeah. so I don't cough all over this podcast. and. Too late. Other than that, yeah, get, too late. Get, get rid of that Rona. Yeah, other than that, uh, I'm just ready to get out there and catch some fish. Yeah. Mark, what you got? Keep your hooks sharp and uh, your spoons and uh, silver shiny, man. That's all I got. Keep like. your spoons sharp and your, keep your, and your hooks shiny. shiny. That's right. <laughs> keep a buff on your leg. It helps. There you so, go. Shine them up. Jimmy, what you got? You can't shake your head. They can't hear you. <laughs> they, they can't. They can't <laughs> see I shook my head. I, I got nothing for you guys. Nothing yeah, of value. Nothing. All right. Well, I appreciate you boys being on. It's been fun. Thanks for having us. Right, until, until next time, get outdoors and don't be terrible. <laughs> <laughs>